Welcome to the Old Moms Podcast. We're childhood friends on opposite ends of motherhood, inspiring moms of all ages and stages to laugh at life's unexpected, ridiculous, and endearing moments. Sarah, how's it going? Good, good. I'm doing well. I was thinking the other day when you brought up the zoo when we were talking that I had a funny story I wasn't sure if you had heard before from my guys when they were about your little man's age when we headed to the zoo. So we went to hang out. It was just a great place to go for a change of scenery. We have a small zoo in a town that's near ours that isn't a ton of walking. It's actually just perfectly sized for preschoolers with displays that let you get pretty up close and personal with the animals and not any big crowds. So we went up to the bear enclosure. And so we were at this big window. This mama bear had just had twin boy baby bears. So I'm thinking this could not be more perfect. You know, I have my camera out. I'm ready for this magical moment where maybe one bear would come up to each boy and they would like have paw to hand through the glass. (laughs) (laughs) So perfect. (laughs) <laughs> so we go down there and they come they come up and they're right at the window. I mean, wrestling each other, nipping oh. at each other, like right there. And I'm looking at each of my kids to my left and my right. I'm like, guys, look. Oh, look at them wrestling. Oh, that one took a tumble. You know, I mean, just anything that you would say describing, kind of narrating what they were doing. And they're not even looking through this window. Mind you, it's like a 10 foot by 5 foot huge glass window. They're both putting their little fingers on each little rivet just looking at how the window was constructed. Like they couldn't see past. I'm like, no, no, no. We're not here to see the window. Look at the baby bears. I mean, there was no, they just did not even care. (laughs) That is so cute. I mean, I think it's good. You're just exposing them to animals, even though they weren't totally into it. Yes. I felt like it was important to just have a positive, you know, I mean, we talked about animals a lot and we did a lot of zoo trips. One of them, they both like animals, but one of them would have loved for us to have a dog. I wished for a dog the whole time I was little too. I mean, well past 10 years old asking for one multiple times a year, which would surprise you if you know me not being a super dog lover now. I don't remember wanting a pet. And I think you were probably the only friend I had that didn't have a pet. And it turned out that I'm super allergic to both cats and dogs, but more allergic to dogs, which is interesting because I always felt like cats made me have more of a reaction. I think generally people are super animal lovers. And I agree. You just get a bad reputation when you're not immediately on the ground petting a dog that you're some kind of animal hater slash deviant person or whatever I think my brother probably wanted a dog and so at one point my dad bought this porcelain dog that we put by the fireplace we named him Lucky and so anytime we would want anyone of us would whine about wanting a dog he'd be like go pet Lucky It was just a ceramic dog that didn't move, obviously, sitting by the fireplace. That was his (laughs) joke. I think he was trying to be funny, ironic. But of course, his kids were like, that's not a real dog. So I never wanted a pet, but I did get a pet for my birthday one year when I was probably 15. A couple of friends bought me a goldfish and a frog. They thought it would be hilarious. And so they bought me a goldfish and a frog, which apparently are normally can coexist in the same fishbowl, whatever. So they were in there together and at first it was fun but then the disgusting like cleaning of the bowl every few days because it starts to stink and it was in my bedroom and I really have low tolerance for that kind of sticky stuff (laughs) yeah and um at one point I'm looking in there and the frog is like at the bottom of the rocks 
I'm like, what are you doing down there, guy? And he lost a limb. And I come to find that the goldfish, because in the next day I saw it happening, the goldfish was eating. <gasps> yes, I'm sorry. Plug your ears, kids. There was no, okay, is this too graphic? Is this too graphic for our listeners? Okay, let me put it this way. The goldfish was beating up on the frog okay there was some violent tendencies apparently they bought me the goldfish from fight club so anyway (laughs) the goldfish is harassing the frog frog passes away of course i'm super distraught because i don't even know and i guess if i flushed him i'm sorry please i don't know if there was a more humane way to do it there was not the internet i did couldn't google it i did what i thought i needed to do to send him back to his family (laughs) okay i'm sorry i'm laughing about that okay that's what we did because apparently it was in a movie. I don't know. So anyway, we had to let go of the frog. And then, so I had a solo goldfish that I was kind of angry with and (laughs) felt like, I don't want to take care of you anymore because you hurt the frog. So (laughs) this goldfish went on to live for two and a half years. I'm not not joking. Everyone's like, we're going to go to the pool. And I was like, meet you there. I got to clean the fish bowl out. I was so angry and resentful that I had to take care of this fish that I did not want, but I could not. Again, I'm an animal (laughs) sympathizer. Okay. I would never... Yeah. I've never hurt an animal, so I was given this animal to take care of, so I took good care of it, but it was Did you traumatic. just call them the frog and the goldfish? They didn't have names? They had no names. I didn't want to get attached. <laughs> <laughs> because I thought they weren't going to live very long. Like, everybody said goldfish, and that was kind of the joke, if you will. Those mm. friends were like, oh, it's going to live for a month. Goldfish hardly live. But apparently because I was so careful about keeping wow. it clean. and <laughs> You were a meticulous goldfish keeper. Well, we had two fish over here, so our boys have asked for a dog repeatedly, and we have not jumped on board with that. At this point, there are four years left where they are living in our house, and they're not adults, so I feel like it's a little late to jump on that bandwagon. But they wanted a pet, and they really wanted to name something. Something. So one year at Christmas, this is several years ago, we got them each a beta fish, the gift of a beta fish. So we had done all this research and Joe and I got them a fish tank and you have to get the water ready and kind of condition it or something beforehand. So I'm trying to secretly, you can imagine the pre-Christmas routine of a mom who's trying to like prep gallons of water so that as soon as they can get a fish, the water's ready. I didn't want them to, I didn't want to pick it out myself because they all have different colors and all of that. But I wanted to present to them on Christmas morning wrapped, filled fish tanks that were ready to go. Oh, that's awesome. So they were super excited and really surprised. But what happened was, so that was Christmas Day. They wake up and, you know, that's part of their Christmas morning opening of gifts or these fish tanks. And so the next day, the pet store was open that's not far from our house. So we drive over there and it's this, they're getting their first pet. And at this point, they're, I don't even know, eight or nine years old. I mean, they've waited their lives for this. And so we walk in and we're looking all around. We don't see beta fish. We see all these other types of fish, but that's what I had done all this research on. The tanks were specifically for them. So we asked one of the employees and they're like, oh yeah, when we came in this morning, they were all dead. Every beta, like 45 beta fish from the store. What happened? happened with the water or whatever. But I mean, the boys' eyes were like, so thankfully there were other places to go in town. 
So we were able to get fish that day after a little drive and we get these little fish home. I mean, the boys were so proud and we have pictures of them. I can see the dopamine hit that people get from getting a new animal for their kids and how hard it is to say no because they were so proud and so in love with these little fish. So one of them was named Ringo Star. <laughs> Super cute. So we just called him Ringo. Beautiful, beautiful fish. And then other one was named Manford Von Richthofen. Oh. Uh, Manny for short, which I thought was adorable. Ringo and Manny. I mean, how cute adorable. is that for their name? And if you don't know, Manfred von Richthofen, I found out after he was named, is the Red Baron. Remember who Snoopy yes. tries to impersonate? <laughs> <laughs> That's so cute. Oh, I totally know who named those. I know who named oh, those. Oh, yes. So yeah, cute. you know. For sure. So it was so cute. And we actually looked up a bunch of videos about the fish and they had so much personality. I was shocked. We could put a little piece of food on our finger and they would come up and you could feel them get it off like a little food pellet off your finger that you held right at the surface of the water. So they loved cute. their little tools. You know, swim in and out of the little tank decorations and they would come over when the boys' faces were at the side. I mean, I thought it was really fun. I think the boys even thought that after a while, I was more into it than they were. And they were just, of course, so quiet and not that big of a mess. And we would change the water out. So, and sadly, neither of them are still with us, but we, oh, we had a similar incident that you had with frog and goldfish. I'm just going to say that like it's a capital G and a capital F because I feel it's a little, yeah, it's going to say dehumanizing, but they're not humans. So <laughs> we were in the store getting more water or a new tank decoration or something like that. And there were these little tiny kind of neon fish darting all over the place. And the person at the pet store assured us that betas really only attack other betas, that they wouldn't do anything negative mm. to these little tiny fish. And we were just kind of sucked in by how pretty that would be if they were all moving around the tank. So we did buy like five of these tiny little neon fish, brought them home, get them in there, and they are scared to death, just huddling oh. in the corner. But they just right next to each other, swimming as this little tiny school of five, just darting away from the beta fish who kept lunging and jabbing at them. And of course, I'm like, how do we get them out? Where are we going to put them? You know, I mean, it was, and it didn't have a happy ending. It did not have a happy ending. Things happened overnight. I mean, it was gruesome. It really was. I know. It's so confusing. (sighs) I guess that's just, they go to their natural instinct and they feel threatened. And I kind of feel, I have a love-hate, even with zoos and everything, this kind of idea of like keeping anything in a cage or keeping anything in a tiny bowl, you know what I mean? mean like oh my gosh I don't think they were meant to swim around in circles in this tiny bowl and I don't know if they go crazy or what so I hear you it's really hard and that I think is the hardest part of getting pets for kids I mean at least with fish it's a little separated because they can't physically hold them my husband really wanted a dog we ended up having a dog for about seven years before it just wasn't doable for us as a couple he was traveling and my allergies were you know making it really hard for me but you get so attached I could see how traumatic that could be to have a dog or a cat or a bunny or anything that your kid can snuggle and hold and then knowing that there's like a 15 year lifespan at best sometimes you know that just to me I don't think I can handle that trauma never mind I'm not crazy about picking up it's just also that the thought of like your kid having to be heartbroken at some point. 
Yes, I totally know what you mean. And you do feel like when you don't take on a pet like that, that you are denying a certain element that so many people enjoy from their childhoods. But I just think it is so different depending on what your tolerance level is as a parent. You know, I mean, if you are allergic and so you're always having a runny nose or feeling bad when you're around the pet, that's not ideal to give the kid, oh, we're going to have this and it's going to make me feel bad all the time, you know, or in my case, it would make me feel anxious. You know, I mean, the hair, the cleanup, the slobber, the smell of even dog food, like you were saying, your sensitivity to the fish tank. I mean, I have that kind of hypersensitive smell and even hearing too. I mean, if I had to hear nails all the time on a wood floor. So I think we have to prioritize being our best selves as the parent. And if it would send us over the edge, we don't have to do that in our adult life. We get to decide if we have animals in our home or not. And then they get to decide for themselves, you know, in the future. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's one of those other stressors as a parent that you just feel a little bit of obligation to give your kids the things they want. When it comes to pets, I think, especially nowadays where both parents are working, there's such hectic schedules. I felt terrible because when we had a dog, we both worked full time. Patrick traveled and the poor thing was in a tiny room by herself most of the day. And I would come home feeling terrible that she was in there. I'd take her for a walk and then she'd want to be like climbing all over me. And I'm, and it would make my face break out in hives. Like it was terrible, but there was no, I felt such guilt that we had her and my husband really wanted her. And so I was trying to make it work. But the minute she wasn't living with us, I felt so much better. I didn't realize for seven years I had been suffering so badly with this pet. Well, I was desperate for a dog when I was younger. And so my parents did compromise with me and I got a gerbil, which I'm not sure if you've ever met him, but his name was Herman Ralph. And (laughs) I did. I did meet him briefly. I do recall that name. Yes. Okay, well, he, I got him when we still lived in Kentucky. He made the move to Colorado with us in our car. We had, so at home, he was in a huge, just empty fish tank aquarium type setup with his hamster wheel and his water bottle and stuff. And I had one of those plastic balls that you put him in and they roll all around the house. Oh, yeah. I can't remember why we were talked into a gerbil instead of a hamster because the hamsters are actually a little cuddly. You know, I mean, they have more of a fur feel and they're tiny and they've just, just got a little itty bitty tail. But for some reason, a gerbil is the direction that it went. And same thing with my boys. I was mainly so excited to have something that I owned and that was mine to take care of. I was a caretaker for it and I could name it. But gerbils are like rats or mice. I mean, they have these long tails and that's how you pick mm-hmm. them up. You grab their tail oh, and that's normal. That's... Like that's how oh. their gerbil mamas carry them. And that's what they were doing in the pet store. They just pick them up by their tail and it's normal. So needless to say, pretty fast, like within six months. I was not that tight with Herman. Like I wasn't holding him, petting him. (laughs) I would put him in his little ball and he'd roll it all around. So he moves to Colorado with us. We have to get this plastic fish tank type thing that I had to ride in a sedan with it between my legs as we drove. It was... (laughs) freezing because it was March and as we have established previously even May is still winter in Colorado so we're driving out there and I'm having to bring him into every restaurant when we would stop to eat but of course you can't bring a rat in a restaurant and have them know about it so I had to wrap I had this Louisville jacket that was like shimmery and it had a cardinal it said Louisville across the back I had to wrap that around the fish tank and just carry it like I'm just carrying my bulbous jacket in here that's all nothing to see I am shocked <laughs> I am shocked that Mama and Papa Nolte let this go down. Well, I don't know what they thought we could even do. It was probably like $8,000 extra dollars if you had to have the moving company move a pet. So we would bring him in. He was in the hotel. <laughs> it was crazy. 
So we get out to Colorado and I can't remember how far into his life we were when we got him, but he lived in total four years, four years, which, and I had been done with him for three and a half by the time he finally succumbed and he actually got dementia, which was sad. (laughs) (laughs) He really did. He started eating his food bowl, like the hard, hard plastic food bowl. And then he um, stood on top of his wheel, his silver metal wheel, and he started eating the rim of the cage, the plastic rim on top. And we just knew he was going crazy because he wasn't just focused only on the food anymore. But, and what's crazy, I don't even remember the day he died. I mean, I have no recollection of that. I'm not even sure what happened. Yeah. You know, my niece, my sister, who I'm so proud of because she's, she's got super allergies, like in general, she had to get allergy shots and stuff. So she has like seasonal allergies and other allergies. So, but she did buy my niece two gerbils as well, Mario and Luigi. And they did the same thing. They went insane. I don't know. I'm sorry. I don't know how to say it. <laughs> I guess to mention. And they started like being daredevils and like climbing up to the top, like in the cage, there was like the water thing. They were like climbing on that and then like back flipping onto the, like it was horrifying it was very traumatic i think my niece and my sister were both like okay we gave it a try we're proud of ourselves for giving having a pet a try but it is you have to have the right personality for it and there's no i just i wish we talked more about people who aren't built for animals (laughs) i feel like we're ostracized from society not our fault i don't think we've chosen to no not at all not be you know i don't know fulfilled i can't, can't even i struggle to characterize with the right words what it is and i always try to compare it to i see other people react to dogs especially the way i react to babies any baby doesn't matter i get immense satisfaction from interacting with you know so i just yes. feel like i'm more human focused and i don't dislike animals i just sometimes get the heebie-jeebie from them and I don't even have the allergy problem that you do but like we have some neighbors that have four dogs that leave them out all weather it's they mean they do come in every day but I mean they just leave them out for extended periods in all weather regardless of how comfortable the dogs might be and I feel emotional when I hear the dogs kind of crying whining to be let in and they're in the snow or it's dark and cold and they're just trying not to bark but they're just making these little throat noises and we can look and see them standing at the sliding glass door and the people are not paying attention not letting him in. I mean, I have sympathy for them. I feel bad. By no means a dog hater. I mean, I know you felt like that too with your dog. Well, yeah. I mean, I was, I already have obsessive compulsive disorder, so I can't let things go. You know what I mean? Like I couldn't Mm -hmm. let go of the thought that this dog had been in the house all day by herself and I would come home and try to engage with her. And let's be honest, this dog loved me. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like, okay, thank you, Sarah. I'm just saying like, do you know how people say like animals know good people? And I think that's what's so ironic any dog anywhere immediately comes to me it's like they know that I'm a little bit oh, yeah. uneasy and they're like let me get right up in your crotch let's talk let's get to know each other and I'm like hey <laughs> thank you that's really thoughtful of you to <laughs> want to get to know me better but we can't yes <laughs> one of my sons will say he does pet sitting for neighbors that are close to us and he'll say you're so good 
with dogs, mom. Well, yeah, I know what to do, but I don't enjoy it. And do I need to wash my hands for 27 minutes after we return and the dogs looked all over my hand? Yes, I can't get it out of my head. Same thing you're saying, like it runs in my head. But I also have the same thing in, you know, sympathy wise, if a dog needs to be let out, I'm like, we got to get over there right now. They just called us and they need us to need you to check on them. You know, I'm like, get your yeah. shoes on. What if he has to go? Like, I'm feeling sympathy for the dogs in that moment. But I do just, my first reaction is kind of just a shudder if I have especially an unexpected animal encounter. We had at our first house a trampoline in the backyard and we had taken a huge hay bale that we had set out for Halloween fall decorations on the porch and just had tossed it. I think we were going to spread it out all underneath the trampoline or something. I can't remember, but we had left it in bale form and just tossed it there. So I went out to move it one day and start dealing with it. And so it must have been months and months that it was there. But I pick up this hay bale to toss it aside and there is a burrowed out nest in the ground. I have full body goosebumps right now as I describe it with these hairless creatures inside of it. I mean, I jumped from where I was standing <laughs> on the top of our playset. Boom, I was standing on the ground and I'm over the top standing on top of the playset and I'm screaming Joe's name. Screaming Joe's name. He comes flying. We had to go. Our, our basement or our backyard was out the basement sliding glass door so he's like running down the stairs comes all the way out there. He's like, what? And I'm like just pointing. I can't even describe what it is. I don't even know what it is. They were baby bunnies, which are apparently born hairless. They didn't look like bunnies to me at all. Oh, so wow. he gets in between the me and the bunnies and is like, I will deal with it. I'll build a little thing around here so the mama can come back, whatever. But we still had to get me from the top of the playset into the house. <laughs> Sure. So at first I thought I might get on Joe's shoulders and ride, like he could ride me past them. And mind you, they're like fetal. I don't even know what, I mean, they could, they couldn't open their eyes yet. You know, like they, not, <laughs> they, were, they, harmless. they were harmless. They were harmless to say the least, but I was <laughs> out and in a state of fight or flight panic. I mean, you have been there. It was not anything. I wasn't like, well, let me just rationalize this. I mean, I was just freaked out, but we decided I wouldn't make it on his shoulders. So he ends up standing like guard and making sure like I'm like don't take your eyes off of them I'm gonna climb down from here I'm gonna run <laughs> into the house do not remove your eyes from them so I do I climb down like scramble across the yard run into the house I slam the sliding glass door and then I click it locked so Joe's like standing so up <laughs> And I unlocked and let him in. He's like, why would you lock the door? How is a baby bunny going to unlock our sliding glass door four feet into the air? And oh my gosh, we always that laugh about that. so funny. Well, yeah, it's I've come a long way because in our big bushes in the backyard, I saw a little snake, like a gardener snake, come in and out. And so teaching myself to be calm and rationalize it because I do not want my little guy scared of animals that are harmless. Right. I mean, obviously, right. if it's a boa constrictor, I would hope he would recoil and seek safety but um <laughs> this is the tiniest like probably a centimeter diameter like that so I'm really forcing myself through exposure therapy which I'm very well versed in to make myself not be scared of it so sometimes I like go over to the bushes where I know he is and I see him like slither out and then slither back and I've named him Seymour and I just talked to him <laughs> and yeah and I'm like dude enjoy our bushes I just have to talk myself through it because I react the same way and I hate that. I feel like 
like I do better when I know what's going to happen and it's not a surprise. So if we're going over to somebody's house and I know they have a dog or I'm accompanying a kid who's pet sitting to do his work and, you know, not have him be alone in these people's house, I'm totally prepared, smooth. I can handle it. I just kind of need that, you know, heads up. So one time when I was babysitting, these people didn't mention that they had a cat and I didn't even know the kids said nothing. No crayon art of cats around the house. Nothing. Not, right. No clues. And the kids go to bed and I'm sitting on the couch watching a show and the cat pounces as cats do, like right onto the couch next to me. It's probably just trying to cozy up like, thank God the kids are in bed, like just sidling up next to me. I hit the ceiling and came home. Like an hour and a half later, I was sitting on the back of their couch because I could, I had to get my back against the wall. Like nobody's coming out of nowhere again. It had gotten onto the back and I didn't even know it was there of the couch and jumped down next to me. So I was sitting with my feet on the seat of the couch. I was sitting on the back of it, leaning against the wall, just like eating popcorn, like a neurotic, crazy person. And I thought... If that thing jumps out again, but it scared me half to death. And then we had the same thing. We were on a vacation. And if I'm like at a little SeaWorld, touch the animals stingray zone, I'm fine. I totally put my hand in. Yes, I'll feel the stingrays. This is cool. We're learning about them. Then I'm in the water with my brother in an ocean and this baby stingray. It's always the babies. I mean, the baby (laughs) stingray. We're like one foot into the water. The baby stingray comes like right by, you know, they're so smooth and like fluttery ribbony on the edges. Comes right by my leg, touches my leg. And I jump from my feet being like embedded in sand in the water on, I did jump onto my brother's shoulders. He will verify that. I jumped from the water onto my, on his shoulders. And I was like, go, go, go. And I'm like pointing towards the shore, like get us out of this water. It's an invasion. Scared me half to death. I mean, I think I just don't know what animals are going to do. You know, yeah. yeah, and we don't because we it just is it wasn't normalized for us when we were little. I think that's why I'm so careful with what I'm doing with my little guy. Like I'm trying to normalize. Hey, we live in a diverse ecosystem. We love listening to the birds. We love listening to the squirrels chirp. There's also other animals that live in dark, scary places. <laughs> Let's not freak out when we see them. <laughs> Let's just end this podcast by saying we love animals. We would never hurt an animal. We're sorry if you've ever been weird around your pets. Anyone who knows this personally. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and um, thanks We're for being trying. patient with us. We're trying because I am worse than a kid. Like if a if a big dog comes near me, I like hide behind Patrick's body. I'm like, uh, okay. And people are like, oh, Duger or whatever. <laughs> like they're pulling on the collar. And then I watch the owner being unable to restrain their humongous dog, which also scares me. They can sense our fear. I'm really working on that. Even when I see a dog or a dog comes like rushing up to me. <laughs> I think we're doing the right thing by trying to not let this be exactly what our kids' reactions are, you know? I mean, yeah. I- and is really drawn to dogs and loves it. And I feel like that's great. And you can be an independent adult and spend your money on vet bills and dog food and whatever else, if that, if it brings you that kind of pleasure, you know, it just, I don't get it in exchange. And so as an adult, I choose not to have that be part of my daily life, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think we've um, made our points. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. We, if you need us to watch your kids, let us know. We're all about helping people. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> absolutely <laughs> oh well thanks and for the chat and the laugh thanks oh for sure thank you chat soon okay talk to you soon bye Sarah bye Gina <laughs> <laughs>